Okay. Was that a good opening? <laughs> sure. If not, sure. I'll steal a joke from later <laughs> in the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure we'll make lots of good ones. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books for our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, and I have a randomly generated YA title for today's episode. Do you? Mine is just a real YA title, I think. Oh. My Throne of Seeds and Scars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a Persephone story, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. No, it's not a real one. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like it would be a real one, and it would be a Persephone and Hades retelling, yeah. and I'm taking it for when I write that. I was going to say, you should write that. Yep. Sorry, we're going to beep out the name of the YA title <laughs> because it's mine, and <laughs> no one else can have it. I did Google it just to see if it was a real book, and it's not. But yes. most of the links are about either the Lion King or the Grishaverse. Ah, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> we always end up there. The Grishaverse is really just tragic right now. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Cool. Uh, so that's mine. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sam, and my YA title of today is "The Warrior of Pirates and Inky Death." Ooh! Wow! Yeah. That's shockingly coherent. Know, yeah. Right? And it also sounds like a book you specifically would read, Sam. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So she's like a private, a private. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeepers. Uh, either a pirate or a privateer of some kind who kills a kraken. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, I read this though, and I'm like, I'm essentially Kara Knightley from Pirates of the Caribbean. Hell because yeah. she was like a warrior for the pirates, and then she sent Jack Sparrow to his death via Kraken. Oh my god. I would read the book about Kira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean so much. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I would read it. I would read the shit out of that book. Anyways, who are you, Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> I am Hannah, <laughs> and my randomly generated YA title for today is A Recording of Ice and Jesters. Oh. oh. I immediately thought that was our podcast, except about uh, the George R. R. Martin books. Oh. <laughs> True, yeah. yeah. Yep. It once again has, like, a fantasy Russian vibe to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what with the recordings and the ice. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh huh. The ice mostly. Mostly the ice. Mostly well, and like, the there's ice. a lot of uh, composers who are Russian. Yeah. Yeah. They probably I it. had jesters there. The Russians are known for their sense of humor, I think. Moving on. Unsurprisingly, the books we read this week <laughs> were <laughs> Twilight and Midnight Sun. What? Yeah, want to tell us what happened in those? You bet. Sam and Hannah. <laughs> uh-huh. So excited. So this week we are on chapter 20 called Impatience and Alice and Jasper wisp Bella off to Phoenix and the chapter starts with the drive there. But since Bella is only semi-conscious the whole time, not a lot happens. 
They then make it to a hotel room where Alice tells Bella how humans become vampires and they acknowledge their friendship for the first time. Aww. Aww. It was really cute. Then the rest of the Cullens call with an update and that they lost James and are still monitoring Victoria. And then we leave Bella, Alice, and Jasper trying to figure out how or what the mystery dance studio. And then they leave a frantic message for Bella's mom because, of course, that's not going to bite them in the ass later on. (laughs) No, never. Nope. Never. Never. Well, this chapter of Midnight Sun was called Ambush. And for the first time in a while, we get a totally new Midnight Sun chapter, which opens with the vampire men sans, sans? sans Jasper looking at North in the Jeep, <laughs> with <laughs> Edward giving Carlisle, the medical doctor, instructions on how to care for a human to pass along to Alice. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. James stays just out of reach and out of Edward's thought reading range, but follows until they spring their ambush in the Banff National Park in Alberta. Then there's a long chase scene where we get some very cool scenes of the vampires using Alice's future site as a dowsing rod again, but ultimately James escapes on a stolen plane and the vampires return to Forks where they get a call from Alice saying that they need to get to Phoenix as fast as they can because somehow or other James has figured out that that's where he needs to go. How does he figure that out? I don't know. I'm assuming it's that Victoria is like scoping out various places, including the school, and Bella implies that her records say that she came from Phoenix and that her mom is still there. Oh. They s- did specifically say that, like, she was going to go to Phoenix as part of their, like, diversion, right? They're trying to double bluff? Yes, I think you're right. I don't know that they said Phoenix where James could hear anywhere. Oh, they were going to. I think Bella yells it in charlie's yeah house right but yeah they right. say that james wasn't there but i i think the implication is that like bella even says like she was like oh man my records are in the school that say my mom is in phoenix and then at the end of the midnight sun chapter alice's call to edward says that he's coming for bella's mom okay yeah right. I did not put those dots together. <laughs> Me neither. So I, I think it's that Victoria told him, like, her mom is in Phoenix. And so they don't actually know that Bella's in Phoenix. They're trying to draw her out. Yeah, they know her mom is there. Which is gotcha. weird because, like, her dad is in Forks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I guess I guess the the other vampires are there protecting him. So true. They're like, let's go somewhere where they aren't. I mean, a solid strategy, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I know. As soon as <laughs> as soon as soon that happened, I was like, man, why did they send Bella to Phoenix? <laughs> like, right? That was a yeah. terrible idea. It makes no yeah. sense. Why would you go somewhere <laughs> with any sort of connection to anything? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the same argument could hold that, like, he could still go to Phoenix and take her mom prisoner or something. Mm-hmm as bait even if she was somewhere else seems silly to have sent her there (laughs) with two vampires who can't go out in the sun yep Mm should have gotten those werewolves involved (laughs) yep too bad huh (laughs) too bad (laughs) maybe they're like counting on the fact that james also can't go out in the sun yeah i mean edward specifically is like james would probably just murder anyone who saw him and i'm like yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, but if he gets too murderous in a city as populous as Phoenix, the Volturi would get involved. True. That's true. Hmm. <sighs> anyway, I mean, it makes sense when you think about how the plot needs to happen this way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the plot needs to work. So they go to Phoenix. For the plot. For the plot. Speaking of the Volturi, I have a question for you guys. We learn a little bit more about Alice in this Twilight chapter, and she says that she doesn't have any memories whatsoever of being human or of her transformation. Like, her memory starts when she's a vampire. Mm-hmm. And one of the members of the Volturi, Arrow, Arrow? Arrow? Whatever his name is. He <laughs> has a power similar to Edward's, but he can see, I believe they say, every thought you've ever had. No. Not just Edward's thing, which is whatever thought you're currently having. Yeah. So do you think if Alice and Aro were like hanging out, would he be able to find her memories? Whoa. This is Uh, not really relevant, but I was thinking about it a lot. (laughs) I mean, wait, if she can't remember them herself though. Yeah. Like, would he be able to get into the parts of her head that she can't reach? was my question i mean like i i imagine it would be something like he can access any thought that you've ever had that is still there right like like is alice's thing like a physical injury oh good question because like there are certain like if you go through trauma there are like psychological barriers you can have in your own mind of like amnesia and stuff or like your body just like your brain just like shuts off those memories Mm -hmm. so like that might be something he could get through but like if it was like you had physical damage (laughs) to your like memory yeah well that would make sense with her because she was locked up in an asylum and they were doing all kinds of wax surgeries yep terrible stuff couldn't fight back (laughs) yep with no reason to yeah I don't know. Maybe there'll be another book about it. Yeah. <laughs> about her getting her memory back. <laughs> Someday we're going to get the Twilight verse book we actually want, but instead yeah. we got Midnight Sun. <laughs> yeah. And, and the getting... Jacob yeah. and Renez May. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Do you guys, I guess maybe not Sophie, but Sam, do you remember like being so hype about Midnight Sun existing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <sighs> like I was obsessive. I I printed it when it came out because <laughs> I'm like I am who I am, uh-huh. and my mother worked at an office, so I took advantage of her printer. Um, <laughs> and I was so stoked. Even like I was a little bit excited. How many months ago when we started this? It was and then it last sl- August. Yeah, and then it just slowly. Not even that slowly. <laughs> just because it's like Edward's the worst. He He's really just is. the worst. Yeah. It's so frustrating. This is my unrelated PSA that is not to call out past Sam, but is to call out everyone in the future. Hey, if somebody <laughs> if somebody leaks like chapters or episodes or don't something of a them. thing you love, don't watch them or read them. No. <laughs> Be it better sucks. than 16-year-old Sam. <laughs> it yep. sucks for the creators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's one of those things that like you don't think about until like someone points it out. Yeah. yeah. I only thought about it because someone was tweeting about it the other day about like a TV show where a bunch of episodes got leaked and they were like, hey, this sucks. Don't watch it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That does suck. Yeah. yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> anyway, I had like a weird, I don't know. I couldn't figure out how to put it into words, but I was like weirdly offended by Bella being weird about Jasper trying to keep her calm. So, like, Bella suspects something is wrong because Alice and Jasper are just, like, waiting for a phone call mm-hmm. that I guess is late from Carlisle and Edward and Emmett while they're supposed to be ambushing James. Mm-hmm. And so she's, like, trying to press them for more details and, like, what's wrong? And she's, like, starting to panic and then actively notices Jasper calming her down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says something to the effect of, like, I couldn't trust my feelings with Jasper there. And I was like, oh, that's, like, so weird. Because I feel like when someone is trying to keep you calm, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's, like, a weird thing to be, like, angry about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, she, like, leaves the room, like... I left the room hoping that I could like give in to my panicked thoughts in the other room. It's like that. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> Wants to have a panic attack. In yeah. Oh my God. If I could pay someone to just like take away. Right. My anxiety. Right. Like if it was like come into this room and just calm me down. It would be like, yeah, I live yeah. here now. Yeah. yeah. His whole power is emotions. Right. So she knows that, like, her thought process is not getting messed with. It's just her feelings. So she's like, if you can remain calm and be thinking about, like, gosh, what's happening to these people I care about? It's like, that would be way better instead of just panicking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm going to logically think about, like, what could be going on right now and not totally freak out. (laughs) I mean, seems reasonable to me yeah Uh, i don't know it was just like a weird moment like i was like i get it not wanting someone like messing with your feelings mm -hmm. literally but like Mm -hmm. in this specific occasion (laughs) (laughs) but like were you also annoyed that everyone was like constantly being like bella don't worry bella don't worry bella don't worry and i'm like what do you expect her to do she's gonna worry Yeah. yeah and i guess like it's the same problem where nobody is telling her anything. Yeah. yeah. Telling someone to calm down. It's like, when has saying, don't worked. worry, like, when has that ever made somebody not worry? Not ever. Not Never. even once. No. <laughs> but also, if Jasper was doing such a good job of, like, masking her anxiety, wouldn't she not realize? Yeah, I guess it's because, like, he can't control that she notices they're acting suspicious right like right like it's a weird line to try and draw because it's like well is that a feeling or like a thought and then how does the thought not affect the feet anyway yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah doesn't 100% make sense if you think about it too much (laughs) welcome to twilight (laughs) welcome to twilight (laughs) did either of you guys have fun with that conversation where alice talks a little bit more about vampire biology (laughs) oh my gosh so much fun (laughs) yeah 
two very good uh, references. So uh-huh. Alice Alice refers to vampires as like carnivorous flowers. Yeah. And <laughs> sharks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> two great. great things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go first. I... <laughs> So the carnivorous flowers thing was like, I looked into some because I was like, oh, I wonder if there's one that like is vampire like. And I mean, the closest one is obviously like a fly trap. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not really vampiric. It's just predatory. (laughs) Just snaps closed on a fly and eats it. But it made me think because the context is she says, we're like carnivorous flowers, like very attractive to our prey. Mm-hmm. And have you guys ever heard of those orchids that look like bugs? Yeah. Yeah. There's a kind of orchid, the hammer orchid. And it's not the only one. There's a couple that do stuff like this. But the orchid visually and like chemically, like it gives off scent to make it resemble a female wasp. Oh. Whoa. And so the male wasps go in to try and mate. And they take the pollen away with them. <laughs> so, yeah, so this kind of mimicry is called Puyanian mi- mimicry, which I'd never heard before. What? Yeah. I was like, I've heard this example before, but I'd never heard the type of mimicry it was. Yeah. Um, it has a name. The other example of Puyanian mimicry is carrion flowers, oh. where they mimic like a dead corpse (laughs) in scent and like other things look I guess Uh (laughs) texture I don't know to draw in insects like blowflies and stuff like that damn yummy (laughs) so that one's probably not the one that the vampires do I think it's the first one (laughs) where they look super hot (laughs) so sexy (laughs) yeah it's funny because, like, it's only ever, I guess because it's only ever really the males who, like, hunt down <laughs> females. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. so, like, the females are going to be like, I'm going to go out and find a dude. Although, I guess, like, if it was moths or something, that would be what they do. But in the wasps, it's only ever the plants looking like female wasps. Hmm. Never the other way around. And there was a sentence that was like it's a theory that it's an arms race because the males get better and better at recognizing females of their own species a skill to be proud of (laughs) yeah and the flowers get better and better at looking like those females oh my god i love that yeah it's wild I just like uh, it's so funny to think about in like a human context. <laughs> like, I almost got it. That was not a human though. <laughs> <laughs> Darn! I'll get him next time. To be fair, that's like literally what happened to Bella. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. I love how we like saw this line of like, hmm, carnivorous flowers. I should do some research about that. And then went in entirely opposite directions. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Where did you go? Perfect. Mine was like less exciting than yours, but I just wanted to share a really, or a factoid that I thought was really interesting because for some reason I was under the impression that carnivorous plants were like the minority, that there weren't very many of them. 
Apparently, they're super common. They exist on every continent except Antarctica. There's over 600 species, and they're, like, constantly still being discovered. And carnivory in plants has evolved separately at least nine different times. Oh my god. It's more common than carcinization. Holy shit! (laughs) Yeah. If you don't know carcinization, it's the process by which, basically... Uh, every crustacean eventually becomes a crab. (laughs) (laughs) Evolution just really wants things to be crabs. Apparently, what evolution wants more is for plants to eat bugs. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. I I love that. Interesting. There's a whole bunch of them. I, when I was looking up carnivorous plants, I had never heard of the mechanism that bladderwort uses i didn't yeah i didn't realize oh, yeah. i didn't i didn't realize there were aquatic carnivorous plants at Me all either. and like bladderwort basically it creates like this vacuum inside each like i don't know wart <laughs> bladder <laughs> like, probably bladder is probably the right one <laughs> inside <Yeah>. each bladder <laughs> with a door on it and so when a like daphnia like some little plankton brushes up against it it like snaps open and yanks it in with the vacuum (laughs) it's crazy crazy. plants are cool (laughs) this was the sidebar on carnivorous plants (laughs) so vampires (laughs) so vampires are are not like those no not really they're very attractive to their prey and eat them is basically where the commonality stops yeah I want to talk about the fact that vampires are like sharks. <laughs> uh huh. And I had a very strong reaction to that because uh, the three of us met because we worked at an aquarium together. And part of the things you do at an aquarium is you help feed the sharks. And I. <laughs> <laughs> the comparison Alice makes is that vampires are like sharks and that once they get like a taste of or even like the scent of blood they enter a feeding frenzy and it's so hard to stop and I have like (laughs) vivid memories of many months on end trying to convince captive sandbar sharks that they should eat during (laughs) feeding time (laughs) I put so much effort into these sharks you had to like feed them with specific foods at like a specific angle in the water (laughs) oh my god Sharks do not feeding frenzy like this. And I have a lot of strong opinions on that. Like you could have at least said piranhas, but like we all well, the three of us know that piranhas are actually wimps, but like they actually do feeding frenzy. <laughs> Just like the idea that like, oh yeah, it's so hard for a shark to stop eating. I'm like, you have clearly never tried to feed a shark, my dude. <laughs> like the I you have never seen disdain. <laughs> Until you have put like a delicious, bloody piece yeah. of mackerel into the water. Oh man. <laughs> trying to feed it to a shark who does not like mackerel. <laughs> and they just like touch it with their face and go, ugh, and like disappear. <laughs> like they yep. are just like turn their entire body away and they are like, goodbye. <laughs> like, how mm-hmm. dare you try to feed how me this? How dare you try and feed me this? Give me Bonito or give me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Trying to feed the uh, black tip reef sharks, which are known for being skittish. And they would not eat unless you, like, threw the food so it landed at a specific distance in front of them. 
and sunk at like a specific rate. So all they would have to do is like open their mouth as they were <laughs> swimming to eat it. They would not go after it. Sometimes they would actively avoid it. And you'd like get the perfect angle and they'd be like, no. oh it's perfect sharks yeah i love sharks but oh my god (laughs) but also there's so many sharks that don't actually eat like fish you've got whale sharks and Mm -hmm. mega mouth sharks and basking sharks yeah even the ones like there's a lot of little ones that yeah, like they just don't like there are very few sharks that probably go into a feeding frenzy, quote unquote, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if it's like, I don't know, a bait ball situation and everyone's going nuts. Yeah, probably. But even then, like a Port Jackson, <laughs> they, like, can you imagine one of those little guys? He's not going to go into a feeding frenzy. <laughs> I just... I just a bamboo shark. A little, I just imagine like a little bonnet head shark yeah. trying to like get in with all like the big hammerheads and the green. Like my turn, let me, let me. Oh my gosh! So I know that would never actually happen. Yeah, a bonnet head in a free- feeding frenzy would just be the cutest thing. It, like that's what. Yeah, just imagine he's like, look at me, I'm trying, I'm a shark. He's doing the <laughs> best, his the best he can, the best he can do. Bonnet head sharks are like teeny little hammerheads, right? They get up to, I think, maximum like a meter long, if that. I don't even think that long, I to don't be think honest. even that big, yeah. Yeah. Very small. And they're also, I think, the only shark that is known to be omnivorous. Like, they eat yeah. seagrass, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sharks, not as frenziful as you might think. <laughs> Yeah, vampires, more friendsiful. That's not a word. It's a word now. (laughs) The next part of the conversation that Alice has with Bella is like the part where Edward doesn't want her to tell Bella how to get turned into a vampire. Mm -hmm. But she talks a little bit about the venom, Mm -hmm. which we all historically know I hate. (laughs) <laughs> but no, 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 no. you hate me and Hannah talking right. about it. Okay, yes. it's a good. It's point. fine unless it's us specifically. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for what Hannah and Sam have to say about it. <laughs> so what I have to say about it, this part, what I found weird is she said the venom was a superfluous weapon, mm-hmm. and then. The venom doesn't kill, it's merely incapacitating. It works slowly, spreading through the bloodstream so that once bitten, our prey is in too much physical pain to escape us. Mostly superfluous. And then it takes a few days for the transformation to be complete, depending on how much venom is in the bloodstream, how close it enters to the heart. Uh, As long as the heart keeps beating, the poison spreads, healing, changing the body as it moves through it. Eventually the heart stops and the conversion is finished. So, what this told me is the venom as incapacitation like as that purpose was secondary yeah right because this makes me feel like the venom serves the purpose to like change the person into a vampire but it also happens to like make hunting easier mildly Yeah. yeah yeah and so like for me this has to be like a parasitic thing, right? Yeah. Explain. I don't know. We've we've talked about this a couple of different ways, but like <laughs> yeah, the venom has to carry 
a virus or the parasite or whatever that then takes over the host and turns them into a vampire mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I did like a deeper dive on <laughs> different kinds of parasites. Okay, see, you know how you hate it when we talk about the venom? (laughs) I don't like talking about parasites. I have some terrible ones in here, you guys. Oh, no. Okay, no, but the one... (laughs) There are some some bad ones. Oh, my God. Damn it. Okay, but the one that I'm thinking, which is not great for right now when we're in the middle of a virus-based pandemic is I think it's probably a virus. (laughs) Oh, just like some fun facts. Some fun virus facts? Yeah. 15 months into the global pandemic? Yeah. So so the rabies virus, right? Okay. We all know it causes the host to bite. But a thing I didn't know is it also causes the host to not want to drink water. Because oh, yeah. it because that would wash the virus down the throat away from where it can be transferred in the bite. Mm-hmm. So oh, like yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then the baculoviridae, which infects certain caterpillars, causes incessant hunger. Oh, maybe I have that. <laughs> <laughs> the caterpillar will just keep eating forever. Yeah, <laughs> gluttony. I can relate. <laughs> Well, not forever, because here's the good part. Oh, no. Because the virus, once uh, it has reached the point where it's ready to reproduce, it will cause the caterpillar to climb all the way up to the top of the tree. And then, here's the quote, dissolves the animal into goo. (laughs) Raining down clumps. No! (laughs) Of tissue and viral material for ingestion by future hosts. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Isn't that horrible? I thought that was going to go, like, puts itself on a tree and, like, like, does a little fancy dance so a bird will eat it and then, like, pass on, like, that way. Yeah. Somehow it was worse. Yeah. So that part isn't true. Re-vampires. Ew. I mean, they do... We did decide that transformation is like a moth-like metamorphosis that could be yeah yeah relevant could be relevant it it dissolves the animal into goo but inside the shell inside <laughs> inside the human carapace yeah well that's gross thank you you're welcome so malaria changes <laughs> changes the mosquito's attraction to food while it's like building up inside so mosquitoes are less attracted to human blood and more to nectar to give them like more energy during a certain period and then when it's time to reproduce it like way increases the attraction to human blood oh that's interesting yeah wild (laughs) so terrible for malaria in our world but you know it's a vampire thing it's good if you're a malaria. <laughs> virus got a virus. Exactly. Oh. oh okay, I'm not going to read some of these. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I have yeah. such like a lizard brain reaction to learning about parasites. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go through a couple parasitic wasps really fast. Okay. Just because they're just because they're fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> There's a parasitic wasp that infects spiders that the larva inside of them b- 
before they're ready to like leave induces the spider to change its weaving pattern to create a cocoon for the baby. What the fuck? What? Right? Like these are all. So yeah, I looked up like behavioral changes that parasites can induce. And like some of these are wild. Another one, a parasitic wasp causes a ladybug to, uh, I guess the, the larva creates a cocoon under the ladybug host, but then the ladybug host no longer has the larva inside of it, but it stands on top of the cocoon and just stays there. What? And if a predator comes by, it like pushes it away and waves its legs. What the heck? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, it's wild. How do, how do these things evolve? <laughs> They're so complex. Right? What? And then the last one I had was an emerald wasp, which infects cockroaches. Cool. Uh, it's one of those ones of that like... my favorite things. Yeah, it's one of those ones that like stings it and then drags it away to like put in a hole so that his baby can eat, cool, 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 eat cool, it cool. from inside. But Very Renesme. Yeah, but it has to sting the cockroach in the brain. Uh. Like like that it and the wasp toxin, the way it was described, the wasp's toxin does not affect the host's ability to move physically because the cockroach will move where the wasp drags it, but it affects its motivation to move. <laughs> I have that one too. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild. So anyway, what I'm saying what is there's the like heck? This is could this is a parasite and it easily could do all of these things. Apparently, huh? The last one that I think you guys would like. Well, maybe yeah. you don't like it. Have I enjoyed any <laughs> of these? This one has a crab in it. <laughs> oh, I do like those. I do, yeah. So there's a parasite that like hangs out on the crab tail, which is like flipped underneath and mm-hmm. really tiny. Uh-huh. And it changes the hormonal balance. Like it usually infects males and it will hang out on the tail and the change in the hormonal balance makes them like nurture this thing as though it's eggs because females (laughs) carry eggs in the same spot yeah and the it'll stay with the crab for like its whole life but if it's removed like in a lab setting the crab will actually develop female gonads (laughs) whoa so it makes like some serious changes whoa yeah is that cool it is pretty cool it's horrifying but like very interesting pretty cool nature is wild oh i hate it thank you for sharing so those are all my behavioral changes caused by parasitism (laughs) can we talk about how venom enters the body through kissing again and how that can no (laughs) it's like i feel like i had thoughts about the venom but now i'm just kind of Uh uh-huh finally Um... (laughs) The the only thought like I had still going from that is like when Alice describes it, it's like it leaves the person incapacitated for days, depending like how much venom, how close to the heart and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, how rare is it then for a vampire to be made? Because if they can't stop, which I know she goes into a little bit, but it's like if if this person that's bitten and somehow they're getting through it, whatever, the vampire that bit them isn't around. And they're just like withering in this horrible pain in the middle of somewhere. Like, wouldn't just like another vampire come and finish them off too? Yeah, or like a person would show up. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just like something. 
to finish them off before it actually like the transformation finishes. I don't know. It just didn't seem advantageous to me for something to take days. If what the days is, is withering and screaming horrible pain. The impression I got from what Alice said is that it is exceedingly rare for a vampire to be created by accident. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, it has to be planned a very deliberate choice. on the end of the vampire who's doing it yeah what would be what would be interesting is if there was like which isn't in this book but if Mm. like (laughs) in my wonderful examples it was like oh and then there's a change when the parasite is ready to like move on to the next stage so like if a vampire while hunting like there was just a portion of its life where it would be like (laughs) Like overwhelmed with the need well it would it would be like oh, i have to go hunting but then like as soon as it like bit something it was weakened or something you know yeah yeah like that was its reproduction response yeah it passes out <laughs> yeah or just like becomes repulsed yeah and stops biting yeah and it's like no this human must become another vampire must i must make become. it my own yeah i've decided I've decided i mean this like one. listen some of these parasites are like really messing with brain function. Yeah. So like maybe Carlisle feeling lonely. Yeah. Is yeah. part of it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Rosalie's whole thing with Emmett where she was like, I desperately need yeah. this to I mean, be a vampire. Yeah. That checks. Yeah, like, it does. Falling in love instantly and immediately with someone. It's all part of the vampire reproductive strategy. Yeah. Jesus Interesting. Christ. How are we making this all work and make sense? <laughs> like, how? Man, we're going to write such a good vampire book at the end of this. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Our vampire that we make up is going to be fucking bulletproof. <laughs> no biological flaws in this vampire. No whatsoever. biological flaws. <laughs> Except for the immortality. That part's still really messing with me. <laughs> I mean, you could do something with lobsters or the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they the, a, Well, like, lobsters are functionally immortal. They don't have shortening telomeres like a lot of other... Oh, yeah. Or like every other animal does. The thing that yeah. limits a lobster's lifespan is the energy expenditure that it puts into molting. Yeah. So if you could find a way to make sure that a lobster had enough energy to continue molting well past what would typically be a terminal or like final molt. Or yeah. if you could come up with like a man-made way to assist in molting. We currently, like scientists currently don't know what the actual upper limit on lobster longevity and lobster size would be. So there could be, it could be the same kind of thing with a vampire. If the cells don't age, yeah, then the yeah. vampire won't die unless something kills it. Well, that checks with the rest of what we've said, because we've said, like, they don't lose hair, they don't lose anything, they have no need to produce new cells, so the aging with respect to shortening of telomeres isn't even a concern at this point. Yeah. And I guess they're also immune to disease? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Venom would kill anything, and their only bodily fluid is venom. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe vampires are present in like such low oh yeah numbers that there like yeah. hasn't been an impetus for a pathogen to evolve. Yeah. 
But could so have the, happened. the Cullens and their like large vampire <laughs> coven are going to be the ones who originate a pandemic for vampires because oh they're going God. to provide like such. <laughs> I would read that book. I would read that book. I kind of want to read the vampire plague book now. <laughs> Me too. In like 10 years when I don't remember the human plague book. That is my life. Um, th- wouldn't Don't the Vulturi have a bunch of people? That's true. Yeah. Do they all live together or is it just like they come together? I don't remember. Both? They all live in like that area, but they're not ever like congregated unless it's like to do something, I think. Right. Like to go out and like hunt or something. Yeah. And there were also the uh, Southern Vampire Wars that Jasper was a part of. And yeah. like... I don't know very much history, but I do know that having a bunch of people congregated in battlefields is, like, prime time for diseases. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But still, it could just be that whatever biological defenses the vampires have are too great in comparison to the potential reward of, like, fighting to evolve to be able to predate on a vampire. Yeah, I bet they have like hella immune systems because they're yeah. like their method of hunting is biting humans with their mouths oh, and drinking their yeah. blood, <laughs> which Bio-hazards. is like a guaranteed way to get whatever horrible disease they have. <laughs> True. But would they even have an immune system if their only bodily fluid is venom? It would have to be a venom based immune response has an immune response in it maybe i guess i guess i say immune system in like not the way we have an immune system but some kind of (laughs) something can you get vaccinated against vampires (laughs) i think it would be more like you know how you have to take small amounts of venom yeah (laughs) oh yeah Or just an anti-venom after. It would after. be an anti-venom, yeah. Would it be an anti-venom or like an anti-parasitic then? Like a- anti-malaria drugs? Ooh. Oh. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh-huh. We don't have enough information yet. No, no. no. <laughs> you know what we do have too much information about? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> exactly uh-huh. where the f*** James <laughs> has dragged place. all of the Cullens hither and yon through Canada. Yes. <laughs> Go on. It was just like, I don't know. I read this chapter last and both Hannah and Sam texted in the group chat <laughs> being like, there is so much opportunity for math for you. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, ready for this. It, this chapter was so weirdly specific. Yeah, <laughs> it was so specific. Like what infuriated me was that she clearly knew exactly where they were going. Yeah. Which that shouldn't infuriate me. I'm like, good on you. Great. The results of what I got infuriated me. I had to do this math twice because I did it in order while it was happening. And then at the end, it gives us like specific numbers. So now we can actually calculate the speed that a vampire can run. Woohoo! All right. Yay! So I had to do this a little weirdly because. If you just take a straight line distance, basically he says that they are 170 miles northeast of Vancouver. And then he says they run from there straight to Forks, (laughs) basically. (laughs) So it's a straight line distance. And he says it takes them three and a half hours. Uh 
There you if go. It takes them if okay, I had to change it because I was like they have said that they can't move as quickly through water. Yeah. And so I had to make up some math here. Human swim speed is six miles per hour maximum. And a human run speed maximum is 28 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. So it's roughly four times faster. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to assume vampires have the same like ratio ratio. So I had to figure out how much was water because they swim through the Salish sea (laughs) to get the forks. (laughs) So I had to figure out how much was water, how much was land. At at that rate, it was 55 meters per second. Oh. If it was a straight line, you know what goes 55 meters per second? Oh, no. A f***ing Jeep Wrangler. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, seriously? They're only going that fast? So, no, that was how fast, like, a modded Jeep Wrangler. Like, specifically what we talked about last episode, where Edward was like, we can definitely outrun a Jeep Wrangler. And I was I was like, I've seen this number before. F*** you, Edward. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay, no. So, I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, they are deep in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. yeah. So, there is no way that a straight line distance was the path they took. No, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. And so from where I estimated they were, there is a highway that goes through the mountains. And by my assumption, a human-made highway is going to be the easiest way to traverse a mountain range. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's nearly a straight line. It's like goes in and out. Yeah. But anyway, so I was like, I'm going to take that distance as if the distance a car would drive. I'm going to say that's where they were running. Mm -hmm. So smart. That almost doubles the distance. (laughs) But still at that distance, uh, it would take them to 67 meters per second. So definitely faster than a Jeep Wrangler. Yep. Not nearly as fast as what we had thought because... I went back to do the Port Angeles math <laughs> just to double check uh-huh. because in that Edward says it took him minutes to get from Port Angeles to Forks. And so at three minutes, which is, I don't know, the lowest amount we thought it could be. Yeah. That's 400 meters per second. <laughs> oh my gosh. And at 15 minutes, it would still be 80 meters per second. Oh. So if... If we're going by this new number, it would have taken Edward 40 minutes to get from Port Angeles to what the heck? Forks, which I guess is minutes. Yeah. <laughs> a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> kind of now a stretch. Now I'm more confused. Yeah, me, me too. too. I don't think Stephanie Meyer did math when she wrote this. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like she didn't do math when she wrote this. Weird. <laughs> can't imagine why she wouldn't i mean while i was doing this because i did this math like three times i was just like sitting here angrily like why didn't you just pick a speed and then stick to it and work everything out from there and i was like because that's not how you have to write a book you can just kind of assume people aren't going to be doing the math (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like assuming that people aren't going to do exactly what we're doing is like the assumption you have to make when you're writing a book. Otherwise, you'd never be able to write a book. Otherwise, you'd be like, it's going to take me 18 years to (laughs) cross-check all of my stuff. Anyway, so yeah, uh, 67 meters per second is what I will be going with from now on. But if anyone was curious, I'm pretty sure uh, the path they took was they went west and then north to Lake Williston or Williston Lake, which is in BC. But like y'all, there's so so many lakes. So (laughs) many. I got lost. There's so many lakes. Because I was using originally the like 84 meters per second, I had them placed like way up in the Northwest Territories. (laughs) And there are so many guys, there's so many lakes in the territory. Yeah. yeah. Since they didn't mention anything about like a truly gigantic lake or a river until later, I'm assuming they didn't make it to the Northwest Territories because like the Great Slave Lake is like right there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the Mackenzie River. And I was like, yeah. I don't think they hit either of these. No. So no. probably Williston Lake. And then the river they mentioned later is probably the Fraser River. Huh. Yeah. Because that's nearby. Huh. So there Damn. you go. That is a less satisfying answer than I thought it was going to be. I was so mad when I got 55 <laughs> meters per second that I first time. <laughs> I'm like really disappointed by that. Like that's a normal car going down the Autobahn. Like that's right? not that yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. Like I was expecting this number, the calculation to give me something wild. Yeah. Like I was expecting to be like, and they break the sound barrier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they're faster than a car, but. But barely. So 67 meters per second is 241 kilometers per hour. That's slower than the top speed of a Formula One car. Hey, there you yeah. go. <laughs> See, I, like, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> so Lewis yeah. Hamilton is actually faster than Edward Cullen. <laughs> yeah. So that's why Edward Cullen doesn't have that wild neck muscle situation. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. he doesn't actually suffer that many Gs. Yeah. He doesn't actually go that fast. Yeah. Huh. I mean, as the benefit... The side benefit. Bella doesn't have to worry about blacking out or having her lungs crushed by Edward going faster than six Gs. That is good. That is good. To be clear. Yeah. You don't want to accidentally kill your girlfriend by going too fast. Yeah, exactly. Because that's that's how Edward will do it. Yeah. It would be, yeah. Well, I also did some kind of unsatisfying math. Not as intense as Sophie's math. But at the end of the chapter, James steals a private plane and he leaves and does not go back to Forks. So the implication is that he's going straight to Phoenix. And I thought, hmm, I've spent a fair amount of time in small planes. I don't think the endurance of a Cessna is that good. And I wanted to see if it would be able to make it from Forks. (laughs) (laughs) So the most common small plane in the world ever is the Cessna 172. It's been manufactured for like over 65 years. There have been more built in the world than like the next most common plane by like a thousand. There's a lot of these things. They're like a four seater small plane, lots of like different models and stuff, but they have a safe, like maximum flight range of a little under 1300 kilometers. And the flight distance from Vancouver to Phoenix is 1,980 kilometers, which means that a Cessna falls short 
of Phoenix by almost 700 kilometers unless you stop oh fuel somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that's really all I did, but like, there's no way he could have flown straight from Vancouver to Phoenix without stopping somewhere. Yeah, and stealing a different plane. <laughs> yeah, or like stealing fuel. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was wondering, reading Twilight, like how James managed to get on a plane because I was imagining him in like a passenger plane. Yeah. Uh, but you know, stealing it. Stealing it makes more sense. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier. I, wouldn't it be hard to steal a plane? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, like I don't how know. How does James know how to fly a plane? I feel like they talk about that at some point. I think if you know how to fly a plane, it's probably not that hard. People steal planes. They don't have like keys. All the time. <laughs> I think they have keys to get into them. Oh, no, like ignition key. I don't think so. I think okay. you just need to know the sequence. You don't have to put the propeller on like they did in cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to put it on, but it's with like buttons and shit. What? I know nothing. I'm sure someone yeah. like James could probably figure it out. True. And he doesn't have to worry about dying because even if yep. he crashed it, he'd yeah, survive. Yeah, what's going to happen? That's such a good point. The The only other thing I did was before they go on their cross-country adventure, <laughs> Edward says that James can still see them from miles away. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. So it's right at the beginning. And it was like, James... He would run up into the mountains, oh. but it didn't matter because he could still see them, even when it took him miles away. And I was like, that's miles, plural, <laughs> is oh. super far. <laughs> so oh. I looked up, as is tradition at this point, I looked up <laughs> yeah. an animal that has very good vision. <laughs> Guys, did you know that the phrase eagle eye is like accurate? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Eagles have the best eyes of yeah. anything. So in 2020 vision terms, right? 2020 means based on human vision, which is like you can see things at 20 feet that you should be able to see at 20 feet. Like when mm -hmm. your vision is worse, it'll be 2030 or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if the number, so the 20, if the second number is lower, it means you have better than 2020 vision. And if it's higher, it means you have worse than 2020 vision. Yeah. And so an eagle has 25, right? So oh. like, yeah. Okay. So it can see at 20 feet what humans can only see at five feet. So the claim is that eagles in flight can see a rabbit two miles away. What? Yeah. Huh. That's wild. But like two miles. Like That's so that, far. I would say, is on the very edge of what Edward means when he says James is miles away. <laughs> miles away. <laughs> two miles. Exactly. <laughs> like two miles is exactly the lowest it could be for miles, <laughs> plural. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I looked up like physically what a human eyeball can get to in terms of like good vision. Yeah. Human eyes physically because of the structure of our lens like the retina like everything like that because of our physical structure we can only get to like 2010 yeah or 28 hmm. maybe and if you look at like a diagram of an eagle eye versus a human eye it's like this horrifying thing <laughs> like, a human eye is like a ball with like the optical nerve coming at the back mm -hmm. the Eagle eye is like a ball 
but instead of like the optical nerve just like coming out the back it's got this like cone of muscle and uh vitreous humor coming out the back that's like gigantic so it's i don't even know how to yeah it's like a weird shape and it also has this like bulbous aqueous body in front of the lens and the lens is huge (laughs) like it looks nothing yeah it looks nothing like a human eyeball oh what the heck and also eagle eyes for their body size like eagle eyes take up half their skull (laughs) (laughs) so like like, i can understand like adjusting the human body but if a vampire is gonna have better than eagle vision (sighs) they're losing some brain mass or they're like losing all of their sinuses i don't know there has to be some serious changes to the bone structure (laughs) to fit more eyeball in there what do they need sinuses for really Exactly. Like they don't, I guess. They don't really breathe, so they can get rid of all of that. But like, man, a vampire skull probably looks real messed up, you guys. Yeah. So they can see better than an eagle and hear worse than an owl? Yeah. Huh. I guess if they're like based on accentuating a human. Yeah. Humans are visual yeah. predators. Yeah. Our yeah. other senses are terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of what I was thinking same with like the venom thing. Like, it makes sense that a parasite would emphasize, like, a bite because, like, human's weapon at one point (laughs) would have been the bite, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, in our evolutionary history, it was more teeth-based than claws-based. Yes. (laughs) So, anyway. Secretly, vampires have, like, way more eyeball inside that head of theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wonder if they lose some of their, uh... The, the parts of your brain that are good at hearing. I wonder if the eyeballs take up some of that. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-huh. Maybe that's it. I wonder if we can conflate this somehow with their changing eye color. Could we oh, make yeah. that have something to do with it? Well, eagles also have golden eyes. True. Oh. So, But do eagle eyes turn red when they drink blood? No. <laughs> I just, guys, I just had the worst thought ever. And it's that, what if they have space for those eyeballs because they don't have an endoskeleton anymore? They just have the exoskeleton? <laughs> yes. Well, in the, like, movies, they don't, like, when they get limbs broken off, they look like they're made of stone. Like, there's no they separate don't have bones! Part. They don't have bones! <laughs> they just have their diamond skin! Vampires oh are technically God. invertebrates. They're invertebrates. I mean, that checks with the moth theory. Yeah, it checks it with the moth. Yeah. They're, they're moths that have been parasitized by something. What the fuck? But then how do they have the same kind of joints and everything that we have? How do they have knees and elbows and... What? Right. Because then couldn't they just... Wouldn't they just be like stiff block... My brain is having a really hard time and it's in a bad mental state right now. So this is like... <laughs> But, like, I'm, like, spiraling out of control of, like, how does this make sense? I mean, I mean it doesn't. It, well, I mean, it would make sense if the exoskeleton forms first. And so it forms over the human body. Mm-hmm. And right. so the same shape and, like, right? Like, it, what if, if it just forms where the skin is, then it would take the exact same shape that the skin takes. Yeah, but that yeah. still wouldn't account for your joints. I don't well, know other, like, ichthyosaurians or 
exoskeletal creatures as well as I do like crustaceans. But crustaceans have soft parts at the joints so that they're able yeah. to bend. Do vampires have soft joints? But no, because then what would it be made out of? Soft diamond? But that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> if you looked really closely, it's just like really wrinkly because they just like folded up. Oh my god, my brain <laughs> just went somewhere really bad and I'm just... Oh, I don't want to hear about it. You don't. <laughs> don't you really no i don't. don't um yep so that's the end of the podcast <laughs> great <laughs> yep we're done i've decided it's broken yep so anyway what do we think happens in the next chapter <laughs> the next chapters are called in twilight phone call and in midnight sun race well so what do you doesn't, think doesn't bella's my brain is really broken right now but um <laughs> like i literally can't stop thinking about nope yeah anyways um (laughs) doesn't doesn't the phone call like bite bella in the ass and then doesn't james like call bella and be like don't tell anyone and then she somehow escapes from two vampires which like (laughs) is so stupid and then i don't know edward probably is racing down from forks to phoenix that's my guess yeah well doesn't the end of the Midnight Sun chapter we read this week kind of overlap with what yes. Twilight yeah. is going to be next yeah, time. I think so. Yeah. It seemed like it. they got like a panicked call that James is on his way to Phoenix. Yeah. Which didn't happen in Twilight yet. Yeah. Unless it happened, it does say that Edward got that call at 2.30 in the morning and Bella oh. is asleep at the end of Twilight. Yeah, but Alice explains that like Bella recognized like a room in her house, which hasn't happened yet. Because, like, James goes to the house. Because he doesn't actually get her mom. Like, he never actually gets Renee. But, like, somehow he gets into the house and finds the house. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And then I guess the Midnight Sun chapter is just going to be Edward angsting on a plane. And, like, a balaclava. I don't (laughs) want to hide from the sun. Like, a balaclava. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Great. Yeah. It's gonna be great. To forward to. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear about three vampires getting on a plane <laughs> and and not have it completely glossed over like every other part of this book. I was so mad that they just like got through California in the minimum amount of time. They have to drive when they're driving from Forks to friggin' Phoenix, and she says they go through California. That would take them through Los Angeles. Like, yeah. oh, that would freaking take forever yeah (laughs) like the highway goes right through there yeah like there's no way they did it in that amount of time also (laughs) how did they get through the canadian border (laughs) yeah Yeah. i was wondering that too (laughs) i just figured they were super rich and some wait no they wouldn't have gone through a normal border Hmm. well they were like they were driving on highways Yeah. yeah they don't they don't say they got off the highway to get through the border so they, but they all, yeah, so they're super rich. So they have fake IDs. So they have passports. Yeah, but they would have had to like slow down to go through yeah. the border. Oh, and, true. Like, and there's usually really long lines. Yeah. Maybe they have the easy pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Frequent the easy flowers. pass existed in 2005. Yeah, I don't no. think so either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about these books anymore. Let's talk about what other books we're reading right now, currently. I am currently reading High Fire by. Ian Colfer, 
Uh, it's pretty fun. It's like about a dragon that lives in a swamp in the U.S. Ooh. Cool. And he's the last of his kind and he's just been living there with the alligators. Well. <laughs> and he makes friends with a kid who discovers he exists. <laughs> it's fun. It's an adult novel. Very adult. It's got Aww. some intense parts. Ooh. But uh, it's like a fun game. Game. Cool. Oh my god. It's a fun book. <laughs> <laughs> I play too many video games. <laughs> and then I got out of my book slump this week and read both The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test. And they were both very cute. Hells Thanks, yeah. Sam, for recommending them. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I also finished House in the Cerulean Sea since our last oh. recording. And it destroyed me oh. emotionally. I think it I'm destroyed all of us. It was yeah. my favorite book that I've read all year. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yep. What about you guys? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Only four more chapters, Sam. Yep, yep, yep. No, by the time this comes out, yep. I will have finished The Way of Kings. Oh, and if man. I have not, wow. If I have not, everyone who listens to this podcast must hold me accountable. Bold, bold claims. And I will buy Sophie and Hannah both an expensive coffee and or tea if i am Ooh. not done by the time that this podcast gets released now i'm gonna s- okay now i'm gonna sabotage you yeah. <laughs> no you're not because i'm gonna turn my phone off this weekend and i'm just gonna read the way of kings oh no you misunderstand i'm not going to do it i'm going to talk to your boyfriend and get him <laughs> to do it <laughs> no. i need you to somehow make way of kings disappear <laughs> <laughs> all right sam you have until may 25th I can do it. Okay. But I believe in you. Other <laughs> I than <believe>. that, <laughs> I also finished the Kiss Quotient uh, this week and it was great. I loved it. And then I'm reading, I don't remember if I was reading this last time, but I started Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo, which is the follow up to King of Scars in the Grishaverse, which we always come back to. And then I'm <laughs> also listening to Thrawn, a Star Wars book on audio, Yay. which. I gotta say, like Star Wars audiobooks, like mwah, they are top notch, like best production value of audiobooks I have ever listened to. Yeah, I'm also listening to a Star Wars audiobook. I'm listening to Ahsoka by E.K. Johnson about yes. the character Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> and the audiobook is narrated by Ashley Eckstein, who is the voice actress who played Ahsoka in every appearance she's had until The Mandalorian this last year. Oh my so god, that's, that's really so exciting. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. I gotta get that one. It, yeah, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Star Wars audiobooks, man. Like, oh, So good. They're so good. I'm also listening to A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah Damas. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Hannah. What part are you at? <laughs> Where are you? They just went back to Pharaoh's family's house in the human world to convince them to be a base where the queens can meet with the high fae, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of having a hard time following it. Yep, uh, yep. that's how I felt also. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. But the one I'm physically reading that I'm very excited about is the Dragons of Deltora Compendium, which is... <gasps> oh, nice. Yeah, so it's all four of the Dragons of Deltora, like young reader books in one book. Which is like the sequel to the Shadowland series, which is the sequel to the Del Toro Quest series. They're so good. They're so also good. about two children and a man who go and find some dragons who are the last of their kind 
to uh, <laughs> save the world from Sisters Four with Poison Breath who bring to the land a long, slow death. Whoa. Anyway, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And if you, like Edward, have a human to take care of, <laughs> you should make sure to feed them at least three times every 24-hour period, and hydration is important. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me I need to hydrate yeah. myself. I need to go take drink, a drink your of water. water. <laughs> Sophie, drink your water. Guys, this is a thirst trap. Drink your water. <laughs> <laughs>